0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: It is Locked On Jazz for the 30th of October. The best in the NBA are in town. Can the Jazz defense match up? Plus, early season concerns that do not involve Mike Conley. And a fun little geeky look at numbers and trends and silly things like that. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice for the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it a lot better to be a jazz fan each and every day. I uh, hope all's well. It's like six degrees at my house right now, and it's not Halloween yet. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, the uh, I just was looking at the schedule. We usually try to do a live show on Thursdays. I don't know that that's going to happen tomorrow. Um, I always try to do them at nine or ten, so everybody can stop working and not be productive, and no, so that you can be settled and actually listen. Both of those are true. Uh, I don't. I can't do that tomorrow. So we'll see uh, what turns out to be the. Uh, right approach uh, and see what what turns out best uh, but I don't unless I do it at like seven o'clock in the morning so I don't I don't think we'll do that but there's a chance maybe we'll do that Ron and I'll go live today at seven uh, on the floor and then we'll go live after the game for postcast so hopefully if you have any questions or things and you want to interact with us on that that's available on Periscope at lockdown sports as well as on lockdown live on Facebook YouTube Twitch uh, so feel free to grab it on any of those places So, holy smokes, I prepped for the Clippers last night. They are unbelievable offensively. Like, it's silly what they're doing offensively. They're the number one offensive team in the league right now. The Jazz are the number one defense team in the league. Interestingly, the Jazz are the number 24 offensive team in the league or 25 offensive team in the league, and the Clippers are the number 25 defensive team in the league. So the Clippers are actually... uh, you know, struggling defensively to the where the Jazz are unbelievable offensively. Uh, the Clippers right now are averaging one point two two points per possession in the half court. I mean it's a silly number. If we just look at the rest of the league, offensive rating, the so the Clippers according to cleaning the glass, which takes out blowout time, are one point two. The Mavericks are second at, one, at 114. So they're six points per 100 possessions better than anyone else in the league offensively. That is insane. Uh, they are, and, and we'll dig into why and how and some things like that. But they are, what is most incredible is what they're doing in the half court. So after made shots, they actually average more points per possession than they do after a miss right now. Then, if you turn it over... They're scoring 1.4 points per possession. By the way, the Spurs are averaging 1.8 points per possession off a turnover. Think they might be running to a three-point line? Is that incredible? And the Spurs are the fastest in the league, so they must be just running to the three-point line. But they are averaging 1.8 points per possession after a turnover, are the Spurs. Kawhi Leonard's silly right now. He's averaging 27 points, shooting 52% from the field and 37% from three. Lou Williams is averaging 22 points. Montrez Harrell, who jumped from like six to 6'17", is now averaging 21. They are shooting as a team 52% from the field, 41% from three, and scoring 121 points a game. It's silly. And then you start to dig into it, and it's like, okay, obviously this can't last, or can it? So Patrick Beverly is a 51% corner three shooter last year. Landry Shamit is a 46% corner three shooter. Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard, and they have his usage rate peaking out. Last year in Toronto, Kawhi Leonard's usage rate was 31%. It's 42% right now. He scored 30 in two of his last four. But, I mean, last year he ran 17 pick-and-rolls a game as a ball handler. Now he's running 24, and he's getting as many drives and as many transition opportunities. They are, And this is all before they have Paul George, right? And then, just off their bench, the only piece that doesn't really work for me is Mo Harkless. It's coming off his worst shooting year of his career, so it'll be interesting to see what he does this year. I mean, he's a pretty elite athlete at 6'9", 220, just to have that, and an eight-year veteran, just to have that running around. Patrick Patterson's only playing because Paul George is not. And then Jamichael Green, who they have as kind of their backup 4-5 to play however they really want to do it, uh, with Montrezl Harrell as their 5, and then just is a 41% three-point shooter last year. And that's their rotation. Lou Williams plays the back. The only thing that I think is a problem for them, well, they're not defending, right? So they're 25th in the league defensively. That's not great. The only thing that I think is a problem for them a little bit is what happens defensively when Lou Williams is on the floor. They're, they're 27 points worse per 100 possessions right now when Lou Williams is on the floor defensively. Now, that's a small sample size, but that's not entirely new. Uh, and I actually think they've got a Lou Williams defensive problem that they're going to have to figure out, because th- I'm not sure when you have Paul George and you have Kawhi Leonard that you actually need Lou Williams. Last year the defense was a point and a half much more realistic number, point and a half worse when he was on the floor, and in 17-18 the defense was five points worse, which was re- it's just really bad. That's in the 15th percentile of all of all differences. So, and he's old. Like there's some signs on Lou Williams at 33 years old. that he's not going to the rim as much uh he hit 52 percent on all of his mid-range shots last year and he hit 40 percent last two years so there's some there's a little bit of signs that maybe he's not finishing as much as he used to that he could be there could be an aging game going on for a 6-1 33 year- old Lou Williams but Lou Williams scored 20 points a game in both the last two years so if that's your problem you're probably not in dire straits they're really good It's interesting, we all just assume they're going to be the number one defensive team in the league, which they still might be, but right now their offense is so good, their defense doesn't need to be. Like, I don't really worry about a team whose defense is as bad as theirs is right now at 25th in the league when their point differential is the fourth best in the league at plus nine. Follow me on that? So it'll be interesting to see what the Jazz do here on this, because... Kawhi is the majority, you know, if you take away Kawhi in some way, you feel good. You know, what What Rudy does is he disturbs shot charts. That's that's really when it gets down to what Rudy does, Rudy alters shot charts. What makes Kawhi unbelievable is you can alter a shot chart. I'm not sure how much it's going to bother him. So what do I mean by that? So what Rudy does, you know, to Devin Booker, who had an okay game but just, you know, wasn't nearly as impactful. Still, you know, Devin Booker late in the game is taking the fadeaway left elbow jumper because of the fact that that Rudy's around. So Kawhi Leonard, who right now is their offense, taking nineteen shots a game, he's taking only three of those in the restricted area. Now he's shooting seventy five percent on those. He's taking four in the key, he's shooting sixty-two point five percent. The crazy thing is he's taking eight mid range shots a game, and he's taking forty-seven percent of those. It's pretty outrageously good. Now, if you can if you can take the seven restricted area shots and make it two more, three more mid range shots. So now suddenly instead of taking seven shots in the key, he takes four and he takes ten mid range shots, that has an impact. All right? That's another miss. It's worth a point or two. That's what makes Rudy so great. Lou Williams, and this is the unique thing tonight, is another one who's not going to the rim much. So there are three primary scorers, 19 shots a game from Kawhi, 14 from Lou Williams, 11 from Montrez Harrell. That's how they break down. Harrell will be impacted by Gobert. The other two are pretty comfortable at playing in the mid-range. But still, it's not as good as otherwise. The store has expanded. No, not the actual store. The regular store at 6th South, 20th East, where you can just feel it when you walk in on the right-hand side and the mudslide cookies are over to the right and the kombucha and cold nitro cold brew stand is straight in front of you and the cake to floors are on your left when you walk in and you can see all the checkout stands with the high school kids helping out the... The various customers with their bags to the car, and you get the great community feel. And if you circle over to the left-hand side, you'll get the the locals' area where they have all the local products and the June pies coming from Heber and all the great all the great stuff um, that is out there at at uh, the store at 600 South and 20th East. Well, now you don't have to go to 6200 South and 20th East anymore. There's a brand new store in the Gateway downtown. They're open all day long plus they've got that great urban grocery store feel where they just find a way to get everything in there and have everything you need uh they've got great hot foods for lunch and there's the mini store at 900 south and 100 west all of them should have the mudslide cookie unless jeff is trying to uh prevent the mudslide cookie from becoming the most sold cookie because of his cafe royale that he likes so much or his cookie royale or whatever it's called he claims it sells more than the mudslide it's just It's just, could you guys do me a favor? Go to the store, buy a mudslide cookie, buy a cookie royale, taste test, text me. We're going to hashtag it, store taste test. Or, yeah, store taste test. Cookies taste test? And let's have a little results on this. I'm tired of getting texts from Jeff about how, His cookie is better than mine. There's nothing better than the mudslide cookie. Actually, very few things in life, I'm very simple, give me as much pleasure as bringing the mudslide cookie with me to the arena for opening night like I did. I brought like five of them and just kind of gave them to people. And then they all went, oh my gosh, that's the best cookie ever. I was like, yeah, right. That's what I've been telling everyone. It's the store. Now three locations, 600 South, Gateway, and at 900 South and 100 West. Uh, I'm nitpicking probably, but I don't want this show. I really try to pry this show to not be like a homer show. I think there's a lot of things that right now about the Jazz. You know, how good are we? So we're going to find out a lot tonight. If the Jazz defense holds up again tonight, and holds up tonight, not sub 100, but they're averaging, as we talked about, like 1.2 points per possession. It's silly. So if we can hold them down to something like that. Uh, And and then the concept now is that this is where we're different. The concept in the past was we would try to hold them down and then our offense would try to catch them and our offense wasn't good enough to get up to the point where we needed to go. And so, you know, we'd, we'd hold Houston down to one of their less good games, but our offense couldn't even get to that point. Now, hopefully, our offense is good enough. We'll see. It has not been so far. We'll see if our offense is good enough to be able to make that change. The The Clippers' offense so far this year was a 110 against Charlotte in their last game, a 115 against Phoenix, a 136 against the Warriors, and a 118 against the Lakers. Pretty good. Can we hold them below 1.1? 1, below 110? Below the league average? We do that we can get pretty win or lose we do that you can be pretty excited cuz that means the defense is real and i feel pretty comfortable the offense is coming i mean unless mike conley just got really old really fast um but i feel pretty comfortable the offense is coming right our offense has been a 101 and 90 a 132 and a 93 talk about variance but our defense has allowed the lakers to 101.1 according to clean the glass and nobody else over a one point of possession so that's not what my, um, that is not what my concern is. Uh, in fact, that's the opposite. When I, get out, I was at an event last night over at UOP, the Utah Olympic Park, and someone asked, like, how good are we? And all of a sudden, I was like, well, you know what? Actually, we might, we might, be, we might be pretty good because if our defense is holding up, then our offense will come. I don't have any doubt on that. I'm a little concerned about what I call 240 minutes. The best teams in the NBA have 200 they actually have like 290 minutes of solid NBA rotation on their roster. I'm not sold where they're right now. Um the Clippers, if you look at the Clippers, there's no question on every single one of their guys that they're a, that they're an NBA rotation player. Patrick Patterson frankly, is close, okay? Like, he's getting old, a little concerned, but he's not one of the... He's there 200... He's what I would call... He's what is 260 minutes. In other words, he's not supposed to be playing. Paul Paul George is supposed to be playing. Patrick Patterson plays. That gives them an extra 20 minutes a night, and they still have enough guys, Like right? So Patrick Beverly, Landry Shamit, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Zubak, Lou Williams... Mo Harkless, Patrick Pat, Montrose Harold, Dar- uh, Michael Green. Those are all hot, re- unquestionably, any team they go to, they're NBA rotation players. Denver has 240 plus minutes, I think. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Jokic, Barton, Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Malik Beasley, Tory Craig, Mason Plumley, Monty Morris, and then they have Michael. Porter Jr. who hasn't played yet. So every single one of their guys, like they're they 240 minutes, they're, they're set. And they got more. Every single one of their guys would play for us. The Lakers aren't quite there. Anthony Davis, LeBron, Danny Green, Avery, Contavious, Colville Pope, Dwight Howard actually is playing really well. And Dwight Howard's only playing 20 minutes a night, so that fits. Quinn Cook, uh, JaVale McGee, Troy Daniels, Alex Caruso, Jared Dudley. Okay, Jared Dudley's down to six minutes a night. Um, Not convinced on that. Alex Caruso, let's wait and see. He was great at the end of last year. Troy Daniels is a bona fide big-time shooter, and maybe that just makes him an NBA player. Like, maybe, you know, he's now been in the league a lot, um, but he's never been an eighty game. He's played one year in Phoenix when they were one of the worst teams in the league, 20 minutes a night. So... I'm not sure on that. So the Lakers, that's, that would be as, as great as Anthony Davis was last night. This is a concern for me on the Lakers as well. This is a, this is I think this is a very, very good way to look at a basketball team. The Rockets, Tucker, Harden, Westbrook, Gordon, House, playing 31 minutes a night. That's a push. Capella, Rivers, Cephalosha. We'll see whether he's got anything left in his legs. Ben McLemore, I'm not convinced. Tyson Chandler, I'm not convinced. He's 37. They get a little thin. I'm not convinced on our guys yet right now. 240 minutes. Not don't feel great about it. I feel great about right now about six guys. And then we've got to figure some stuff out. Um, When Jeff Green is on the floor right now, we're 18 points less good than we are when he's off the floor. That's a lot. When Ed Davis is on the floor, we're 38 points per 100 possessions less than what we are when he's on the floor, off the floor. That's a lot. I love George Niang, but last year, George Niang's defensive numbers were were troubling. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if George Niang is a... Uh, and I actually think this is like the greatest compliment you can give a player, like whether he's a security blanket, in other words, I always know he's going to do the right thing and I'll play him, or whether or not he's an NBA rotation player. Last year, the defense was nine points per 100 possessions worse when he was on the floor. Now, you want George Yang's value, it's, it's everywhere from everything he does every minute of the day with this team, but that's a legitimate question on him. Emmanuel Moutier is playing okay right now. There are some areas where I think that some of the things he's doing are probably not sustainable. So I'm worried about our 240 minutes. Our top six are incredible. Royce O'Neill, our top six are probably all 100-level players in the NBA. I'm not sure anybody else has that. But if you want my concern, it's not Mike Conley. Though, if it doesn't change, that certainly is concerning it is whether we really have 240 minutes and how do we get it. now Dante comes back can he can he play that helps you know what what are the mechanisms by which we get to 240 minutes that would be where I'm sitting right now uh but otherwise I think tonight's interesting because if our defense holds tonight then that's that's pretty big time That would be, I I would tell you, if if we hold tonight, you should fire it up. Like, good defensive game tonight. They're rested, early season. A team that matches up well because they have mid-range shooters against what we do. Um, Pretty impressive. DirecTV and AT&T work together as one because they're one company. So that allows you to be able to get together, put them together, save more, take it on the go, get better quality. Stealth Media will do it for you. Eric and the crew at Stealth Media are available at 385-399-4186. That's 385-399-4186. Not only does Stealth Media give you the best coverage and it saves you money and takes on the go and gets the installation done, and all those, they'll give you a $100 gift card back. Eric's also done a neat thing. Anyone's got TV and getting the NFL Sunday ticket, which, by the way, they'll throw in for free. What else do you want? You want a big-screen TV for the man cave. And Eric has got the big-screen TV for the man cave beautifully put together at cheaper prices than you can get anywhere else. So that's maybe the coolest thing. Uh, the, uh about what's going on with the guys over at Stealth as they have these TVs for you. So lots of really, really cool things uh, over at Stealth Media. They specialize in direct TV handles everything over the phone so you don't have to take a trip to the store and when available they even offer next day direct tv installation sunday nfl ticket comes at no additional cost for new customers in the first year when you order a choice package or higher so never miss a game taking direct tv on the go while watching your favorite devices get them give them a call today 385-399-4186 that's stealth media 385-399-4186
2: Hi this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. i tried everything, massages, chiropractors this at-home device handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me and now the all-new gen 4 theragun has a proprietary brushless motor it's so quiet it's no louder than an electric toothbrush and best of all you can try theragun risk-free for 30 days there's no substitute for the theragun gen 4 with an oled screen personalized theragun app and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on the name of this network right now and get your gen four theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on.
1: All right, let's go on a little adventure with numbers. I love this one. I want to bring this one up now, and then we'll just kind of keep an eye on it throughout the year. So there is this great statistical research that as much as guys like me love to talk about clutch numbers, that there really is not any correlation between one year of clutch numbers to the next. That if you have a good year in clutch it will actually come back to usually get you the next. So let's go back and, and we'll look at this together for a second, because I think this is a really interesting concept. So in 1718, Cleveland was the best clutch team in the league. Now that you got LeBron, so we will dismiss that. Portland was the and so there are teams that certainly have to be better. Uh, New Orleans was the next at 30 and 25. Boston was next after that at 20 and 17. And then Miami was, I've not done this. I'm doing this with you together. It was 29 and 24. And Indiana Pacers were 26 and 18. Those were the teams that won the most games in clutch. The teams with the the best net differential, this is 17-18, okay, were the Rockets, who were a million times better than everyone else in the clutch in 17-18 at 27.7. And you might say, okay, well, they have a superstar, so maybe that's it. And they switched. Pacers were next at 16.3. The Cavs with LeBron, and then he changed team, so it's not a very good. The 76ers were 14.6, and the Heat were next at 9.4. Okay. So we go to 18, 19. Those are all a lot of those the same rosters. Those should be the same. Indiana is the same. Indiana, two years in a row, has had unbelievable clutch play. It's interesting. But. The Rockets, who went from plus 27.7 without changing their team, suddenly went to minus 2.9. The 76ers, who were plus 14.6, suddenly went to plus 1. The Heat, that were plus 9.4, suddenly went to minus 5. That's without changing their roster just in one year. It's such a small sample size that it gets funky. New Orleans, who was 30-20, and they obviously went through a lot of disarray, went to 17 and 28. Boston, who was 29 and 27, went to 23 and 19. They're good. They just lost about four wins there. Miami, who was 29 and 24, went to 21 and 24. And then we have the Pacers, who actually held it. Actually, what's interesting is the Pacers, the Pacers did hold. They actually just didn't win quite as many games. Okay. So there's just a quick explanation That, like, clutch doesn't usually translate. So, one thing that's going to be really interesting to watch this year is the Denver Nuggets, who had this unbelievable clutch year last year. They were 31-15 and in the clutch. Their defensive rating was a 95.3. Opposing teams shot, like, much worse in the clutch against Denver last year than any other team in the league. 44%. Number two was Portland at forty-five effective field goal percentage. So Portland and Denver, two teams that were really quite good last year, had great clutch records. Denver was thirty-one and fifteen. Portland was twenty-five and seventeen. The Clippers were twenty-seven and sixteen. It's what's interesting about the Clippers. I, t- I opened the show time about how great they are. Danilo Gallinari was great. Tobias Harris was great, and they won every clutch game imaginable. It's interesting that even when you look at them, they're going to be better, but I'm not actually, it's why, you know, they won 48 games last year. I don't think they're going to win 60, maybe, but I don't think they are just because the guys, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are better than Danilo Gallinari and Tobias Harris, particularly for the playoffs, but they're not. Cons- they're not dramatically better. They're the better that turns you from being a 48 win team to a 54, 55 at a playoff and a chance to win a championship level. So that's a big deal. But then when you add in their clutch play, like they were really good last year and kind of unnaturally good with a defensive rating of a 99, which just actually can't be sustained. And so I, and there's only 154 minutes, right? So like the clutch sample size for most teams is 150 minutes which is the equivalent of 3 games. Well, we're not making any big decisions after 3 games in the NBA and yet after we clutch, we make all these decisions. So, it's worth keeping an eye on for this year. Now, interestingly enough, Denver lost last night a clutch game. And they're 3 and 1, but Denver's defensive rating this year in the clutch right now is a 110. Remember last year they got lucky. Portland has played three clutch games. Remember, they got lucky. Their defensive rating right now is a 132. Those won't last. Their sample size is 10 minutes. But it's interesting, right? Because it clutch doesn't usually hold year to year. We're 2-0. We're great in it right now. The other thing that luck portrays in the league is shooting. Uh, particularly defensive shooting. So defensive three-point shooting and mid-range shooting will equalize. So if we go to last year's numbers, 2018-2019, and look at all three-point shooting, okay? And look at the accuracy on it. The best in the league was San Antonio at 40%, and the worst in the league was 33.4 to Phoenix, but if you flip the defensive numbers so that difference was 7 percentage points you flip the defensive numbers the best in the league defense the best in the league defense last year was denver at 34.4 and the worst in the league was 38.2 now the difference is only 4 percentage points right in fact the 15th ranked team was 36 The variance to the top is 1.6. The variance to the bottom is 2.2. And that's because Minnesota and Cleveland were just terrible defensively, and so is Phoenix. So if you're not awful, the the difference between what a team shoots on all threes against you is about one or two percentage points. And so if it's outside that realm, it's going to come back. Non-corner threes even more so. The the above-the-break three, Denver last year at 32.8. Either they were doing something better than everyone else in the league or they got really lucky. Cleveland and Washington, Minnesota were the worst at 37. Nobody else was really there. The the above-the-break three number is 35%, and frankly, the variance, right? The best, the 35, like if you just take out the one or two outliers at the top, it's about one percentage point, one-and-a-half percentage points either direction. Like, unless you get really lucky or really unlucky or you're really, really doing something nobody else is doing, it's going to get inside that range. So early in the season, same thing on mid-range, by the way. So the best mid-range defense in the league last year was Golden State at 38. Makes sense. They had length. The worst was Atlanta at 44. Kind of makes sense. The middle pack of the team was 40, and so you suddenly look at it and say, okay, well, if you take out the top ones, you're pretty, by the fifth team in the league, you're at one percentage point off. And at the bottom... By the time you're at the 25th team, you're one percentage point off. So again, mid-range shooting, all mid-range shooting is 40%, and you're going to get close to it. All above the break, three-point shooting is 35%. You're going to get close to it. All three-point shooting is 36%. You're just going to get close to it. It's why I believe so passionately in defensive shot distribution. Defensive shot distribution is so important because, frankly, over the course of the year, the difference between what people shoot at all those places is not that different. The Jazz right now are the fifth best team at denying the rim and the number one team in the league at denying the three and the number two team in the league at denying the corner three and number one in the league at forcing the most mid-range jumpers. That's the key to the whole thing. So, here's a little fun with numbers. You geeked out yet? Let's go look at defensive accuracy so far this season and see if anyone's getting lucky. In other words, you could be feeling, this is better after 10 games, we'll do it again. I just want to really actually, I kind of want to present it today as a concept. So the Oklahoma City Thunder opponents are shooting 23.5% on threes right now. Okay, that is just not going to last. Orlando, 27%. Miami, 27%. Atlanta, 20%. 28%, 28%. Washington, 29%. Lakers, 30%. Interestingly, Denver's here again at thirty, at 31%. So those teams, Oklahoma City, Orlando, Miami, Atlanta, Washington, and the Lakers defensively are living a little bit of fool's gold. And what they think's happening on the three-point shot. Flip side, a lot of these teams we're freaking out about, and one of them that's really interesting here, Indiana, Golden State, Brooklyn, Minnesota and Chicago have unnaturally had shots go in against them. Minnesota is undefeated and doing and not and doing a good job protecting the rim and allowing a lot of threes and they're unnaturally going in and it'll be interesting to see. Indiana teams are shooting 45% from 3 against. Golden State they're shooting 44% against. That that will not last. The worry for Golden State is that people are shooting 77% at the rim against them. Ah! That's incredible. 77% of the rim. All right, mid-range. Teams are missing against Cleveland, Boston, Memphis, Denver, and Utah at an unnatural rate, 32%. Remember, mid-range will get to 40. Teams are making mid-range against Washington, Golden State, Orlando, Miami, and Minnesota. Coaches will say, oh, they're not putting enough pressure. Okay, probably. They're not impacting shots enough. But... It also is a case of that there's some bad luck going on. Offensively, Charlotte is at an unnatural note at 42%. Otherwise, offensively, there's actually not a lot of wackiness going on other than that Orlando, Chicago, and Houston can't shoot right now. In the mid-range, the Clippers are shooting 50% as a team. Probably not sustainable. All right, that was a geeky game with numbers there. Hope you enjoyed. That's a little different. Hopefully it makes for a little fun. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on both those clutch things and the shot distribution uh, and as the season goes on. This has been Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, rejecting the Screen and Hollinger and Duncan are both available to you, so go grab your national podcast press. The daily edition of Locked on NBA. Thursday edition is Lock and Gulliver. That'll be your direction tomorrow here on Locked on Podcast Network. This has been Locked on Jazz.